0: Hello and welcome back to the second annual podcast series of the top 10 MLB players at each position, ranked and presented by the crew at Diamond Digest, that's baseball writers, analysts, podcast hosts, and just creative people. I'm your host, Sean Huff, and today joining me to count down baseball's best shortstops right now is Sam Hoffum. Sam, how are you doing today?
1: Hey, what's up? I'm doing doing quite well. I'm ready to get into shortstops, one of my favorite positions, if not like the best position right now with the amount of players and talent in there. So, I'm ready to get into it.
0: Yeah, and let's get right into it going off what you said there. What was your experience making the shortstop list?
1: Uh, with the shortstop top 10, what you have is <clears throat> I would say A clear top five shortstops that are all at that elite level of being like a six to seven war type shortstop that's like a franchise icon type player. And it's kind of it goes down a lot to statistics, opinion and preference with how you rank those five. But the, the five that are kind of the top are you got Trey Turner, who just inked his deal with Philadelphia, Lindor, who had an amazing season with New York, Corey Seager, who still looks like one of the best shortstops, even though he gets hurt a lot by where he plays in Texas, Bogarts, he's going to be taking that new shortstop job in San Diego. And um, Franco, I think, is definitely a contender for a top five shortstop with how high his ceiling is as a player compared to the rest of the group. So out of those five players, those are definitely the ones that I say have the potential to be elite. Uh, Correa maybe misses that 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 tier just because there's a lot of stuff coming out about you know his long-term sustainability on the field how he's going to stay on there the medical injuries so I I wouldn't put Correa in that top five yet but out of those five guys I would say there's a clear-cut roster of elite shortstops
0: (laughs) yeah I'm with you there uh we'll definitely get into Correa because I'm not going to spoil anything specifically, but I think you were the lowest on the staff on Correa. Yeah, um,
1: I I'm not I'm not a a giant. F- I, I I like I like Correa a lot, but I I think as in terms of his defense, it's not going to be getting better. He's he's a <laughs> big guy over there working with a big body, kind of like how Tatis had his struggles at shortstop. Yeah. And he full-time manned that job. So I don't see his defense getting better. His bat, I don't see it, you know, being elite for the next three, four, five years. So I, I'm going to put Correa a bit lower than the others.
0: Yeah. And overall, this was a very deep position. This, you could probably go 13 guys deep and be happy with who you had in your top 10.
1: Oh yeah. There are a lot of guys who who you have to leave off the list that it, it pains you to leave them off of. I mean, yeah. like Tim Anderson, he was one of the best shortstops in baseball a couple of years ago and suddenly this year he had a he had a big power drought with his his bat I mean he was still hitting 300 but the the power had kind of gone so there's a lot of guys like that where you you don't really want to leave them off that list but until they prove it again or until they get better then you can put them on
0: yeah so since you mentioned Tatis a little bit ago this seems like a good time to show everyone or at least everyone who's watching this What our list looked like last year for Diamond Digest. So, last year when we ranked shortstops, we had Tatis at number one. Uh, He isn't going to be number one this year. He's now a right fielder. But there were a bevy of superstars behind him. Carlos Correa, Trey Turner, Corey Seager took the two through four spots. Xander Bogarts was five. And Wander Franco, we were definitely buying in. They were kind of a second tier of player, five and six. And then free agent at the time that we ranked him, Trevor Story, was seventh. We dropped Lindor all the way to eight after his down year with the Mets. And Anderson and Bichette uh, finished out our top ten. But it is a star-studded field. And not all those guys were stars. There were some new ones this year. So just to kind of give an idea of what our field looks like going into this year, here are last year's war leaders among current shortstops. Lindor, resurgent with an MVP-type season, was number one. And Danzy Swanson, who broke out, was second behind him. Then you had your normal six-ish win seasons from Trey Turner and Xander Bogarts. They were three and four. Tommy Edman actually got up to almost six war. He was are we classifying him as a five. shortstop? We are. Okay. Then Willie Adamas, Corey Seeger, Bo Bichette all at about four and a half wins. They were six through eight. Correa, who had a down year with the defense. Again, we'll talk a lot about Correa later. He's pretty high on our composite list. He placed ninth at the position, still 4.4 4 war. Very good season, but ninth in this field. And then somehow, someway, Elvis Andrews was tense. How he about had that? three and a half war last year. Really just a weird comeback there, but hey, good for him.
1: Good for him, and he remains unsigned.
0: He which does is, remain
1: unsigned, which is interesting because his his only value is really at shortstop, and I feel like every yeah. team in baseball kind of has their shortstop, and there's there's no real starting job for him anywhere. But it should be Wait, interesting
0: to see. There's where no he goes. starting job on a contender really for him. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we already talked about what we view as the state of the position here. So let's get into the guys who just missed the list. And one of them is the aforementioned Tim Anderson. He is a 300 metronome, but he didn't hit for any power this year. Uh, StatCast breaker, O'Neal Cruz, was just a little short, ironically. And so was, we just talked about, Tommy Edmond. He came up a little bit short of the top 10 here. Any strong feelings about any of those guys? Any of them you really want to plead the case belong on the top 10?
1: You know, I would plead the case for Tommy Edman as a top 10, not not as a shortstop, but as the ultimate utility man, he is one of, if not the best at that at that job. The fact that he can play outfield, left field, right field, switch to second, play a bit of shortstop, play a bit of third. I mean, the Cardinals really love that type of player. We saw them do that with Brendan Donovan this past year. He was a guy who kind of broke yes. out for them and has that same type of multi-positional flexibility.
0: They even did but, it with Matt Carpenter back in the day.
1: Yeah, yeah, he used to play second. That's right. I mean, they're they're kind of they're kind of famous for moving their guys all over and having them be able to play all these positions and Edmund is he's fantastic at that so while I wouldn't put him as a top 10 shortstop if there's if there's some type of list that lets you rank the you know utility men and guys who can play all over the field I would put Edmund maybe two or one for that like he he is is kind of this generation's Ben Zobrist breaking out to be
0: yes it's Tommy Edmund and uh Brendan Lau are probably the two best utility types right now
1: Oh yeah, Brandon Lau, that's you know, that's interesting because the Rays, they, they definitely see him as a second baseman, but he has utility in the fact he can play outfield yeah, first. Yeah, he can play
0: corner outfield, he can play first base.
1: Yeah. And the fact that Edmund can switch hit as well while doing all that, I mean, his value is immense. Crazy yeah. valuable player.
0: All that, and he still finds time to be the latest devil magic conduit.
1: Yeah, yeah. Cardinals and their devil magic, you know? Yep.
0: All right, so let's move into the actual list now. I'm excited to talk about this guy at number 10, and I think you were the high guy on him, so I know you're probably excited to talk about him. Number 10, it is Jeremy Pena. Oh, Uh,
1: Jeremy Pena. World champion,
0: ALCS MVP, World Series MVP. (laughs) He replaced Correa pretty well. 24-year-old in his rookie season. And his power and glove were really solid. 22 home runs, seven outs above average. That totaled to about three and a half wins, 3.4 war across 136 games. He did miss a little of the season. The overall offense during the regular season wasn't all that impressive. It was a 102 WRC plus, mostly held down by a low on base. But we saw him rake in the playoffs. We know the ceiling is really high. I know you're really excited about him, so I'm just going to ask right away. Does he belong in this crowded group? Like, is it good that we found a spot for him?
1: Oh, yeah. So the thing to really like about Javi Baez... Uh, sorry, sorry, I, I, I already said it. Because in a way, he reminds me of Javier Baez. And because of that, there's there's two ways you can look at him right now. If we're going off of recency bias and how he did in the postseason... I would say Jeremy Pena looks like a superstar. I mean, he, he performed at one of the highest levels. I mean, that it was like watching it was like watching a young Derek Jeter in the playoffs. He looked so comfortable to the point where he was just it, it didn't look like he was a rookie at all, you know? He just fit in so nicely with that Houston team, put the team on his back and carried them to a ring in both the CS and the World Series, which is I mean, to do it in both series. That's just nuts. So if we're going off of recency bias, then you gotta then you gotta really think Jeremy Pena has the potential to be one of the best shortstops in the sport. Because anytime a player can do that on the big stage, I gotta give them props for it. The 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 place where you can kind of see the downside of Pena is if you think of him as a Javi Baez type player. Yeah, he's he, a free swinger. He, he's a free swinger, and he has no plate discipline really whatsoever. Well, no, he doesn't strike
0: out like Baez does.
1: Yeah, he doesn't really strike out as much, but putting together a WRC plus around 100, just literally league average, that's, that's not going to hold up very well. And he relies on defense as a really big part of his game, so his defense is going to need to be there next year and even if he can raise that offense by a little bit he's yeah, so going to get a, to a
0: 110.
1: Yeah, if he can have a 110 wrc plus with that defense, that is going to be like a Lindor type really really great shortstop season. And yes. that's what I that's what I just really love about Jeremy Peña. I don't see him bottoming out and falling into the hobby bias trap.
0: <laughs> All right, let's move up to someone who was kind of in the Jeremy Pena position a few years ago. Number nine, we have Bo Bichette from the Blue Jays. Bichette has done nothing but hit in his career. Four seasons, all of them with a WRC Plus of 120 or higher. And he's very durable. He's played 159 games in each of the past two seasons. There is a catch with Bichette, though. His glove is awful. In 2022, minus seven outs above average. Minus 16 defensive runs saved. Minus 15 ultimate zone rating. The bat is great. He's probably a top five hitter at this position. He can't field. How do we evaluate a shortstop? who can't field.
1: That's, uh, it's really hard to do. Because when you, your three positions, if you're a baseball GM trying to plan a team. You want your catcher, your shortstop, and center fielder to be able to play defense really well. Those are your three most valuable positions. Bo Bichette cannot play shortstop that well, and I was really concerned about him through most of the season last year because his bat was kind. It wasn't. It wasn't coming along throughout most of the season. If you remember, he was yes. really aided by a by a big September. He really and, turned it on late. Yeah, he turned it on late, but that's when i watched him august september that's when i was convinced that Beau Bichette was kind of back when his bat is working it doesn't matter it matters how bad the defense is i mean obviously we can't let it get get too bad i mean he's got to he's got to do something with the glove but yeah. as long as that bat is is how it Is how it was playing in August and September. And he can kind of consistently ride that out throughout a whole season because he can stay healthy. I mean, you mentioned that he's great at staying on the field and he's he's a really super athlete in a way like that. So I think if the bat can just be at that September-August level, not for an entire season, it's unsustainable to be able to do that. No, no, but he, I, he I that, that late-season turnaround to me showed something really, really strong about Bo Bichette. Because I thought his slow start and his bad season was just, it was kind of going to ride down and he was going to be written off as, oh, this was a bad year, let's kind of focus on next year. But no, but Bichette is... He's a tremendous hitter and a tremendous athlete, and as long as he's that young, that athletic, and that good of a hitter, I don't see that athleticism going away for a while, and he's going to man shortstop for a good while and be top 10 for a good while, too.
0: Yeah, I'm, I definitely agree. I think he's one of the best gap power hitters in the game. His Crazy swing just plays so naturally to the gaps, and I'm buying into the the late season. Obviously, it's not sustainable over a full season, but I do think there were some mechanical adjustments he made. It looked like he adjusted his leg kick, maybe his hand position a little. I think it's gonna stick. And I think we can expect a 135 WRC plus type season out of him next year, which Definitely. is probably four four and a half wins since he is a shortstop.
1: And you know and there's, an excellent base runner. there's a there's a good thing to I mean, there's a you can mention now with Toronto that their their, infi- their their outfield walls were just kind of moved in a bit. So they're, right. they're already projecting Vlad for a couple extra home runs. Brandon Belt's going to get helped by it a lot. So <laughs> there are a lot of their hitters are going to get helped out even more now that they're kind of changing the dimensions of their ballpark, which is yes. insane to think about with how good that lineup is.
0: Yeah, All right. Bichette was on the list last year. These next two guys we're going to deal with, it's their debut. Number eight, Willie Adamas from the Brewers. Adamas really proved it this year. He was age 27, and he had been very good since being traded to the Brewers midway through 2021. He did it again this year. Now he has a 116 WRC plus in his last 1,400 plate appearances and put up a career best 4.7 war. It was a down offensive year, a 109 WRC plus, I believe. But it was the best he ever fielded across all metrics. And his BABIP was down significantly, almost 100 points lower than his career average. We're expecting a bounce from Adamus clearly with this rating. If he does bounce, how high can he go?
1: Willie is one of those players who... I'm i a big Rays fan, and I've been tracking his career since... I mean, he was literally traded in that David Price trade. I mean, I've been following Willie for as long as I can remember... And he was not a good fit with the Rays at all. He couldn't hit. He couldn't no. see in Tropicana Field. That was the whole story behind it. And when he was traded to the Brewers, he's just a perfect fit for that team, for that fan base. And I'm very happy with the way he's performing. He's really blossomed into what his scouting reports, when he was a top prospect, truly said he was going to be. I mean, he's a glove-first shortstop. He mans that position flawlessly. He has one of the best arms at short. I mean, it's Correa-like with the way he can yes, throw 95-plus over spectacular there for arm. spectacular arm and honestly now that he's out of tropicana field and can start hitting the ball the bat just has to be kind of at that level that it was this year you know 110 wrc plus above average slightly at least and as long as he keeps flashing that leather he's kind of in that same jeremy pena zone to me where the offense doesn't need to be amazing from these two types of players but as long as they can just keep on holding down shortstop at that elite level that they're fielding right now they're going to keep on being top 10 shortstops. that's how valuable shortstop defense is right now in the game
0: yeah adamas has had two really solid seasons in a row he like you said he's a much better fit with the brewers than he was with the rays through no fault of his own really and he looked really good he's the best player best position player on the brewers he looked very good, almost a five-win season. And honestly, I don't think it's unreasonable to expect him to put up pushing a 120 WRC plus and put up maybe another five-win season.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, it's incredibly realistic for for Adamas. He's one of the, he, he, in a way, is kind of one of those very low low ceiling high floor type guys you know i he would trust the lowest ceiling on this yeah place, probably. exactly like i
0: i can't see him doing he's not gonna battery. put up a seven win season
1: yeah he's not putting putting up any type of lindor or trey turner season his offense isn't going to be amazing it, you know what you're getting out of willie at this point he's kind of found his footing in milwaukee and you know the type of player you're getting with him and it's a great player but it's kind of like a low top 10 <laughs> shortstop right now and that's i think a good spot for him
0: yeah Now we have another debut here, like I said earlier. And this is another guy who undoubtedly you're going to want to talk about his defense. Number seven is Dansby Swanson, now of the Chicago Cubs. The former number one overall pick finally had his big season in 2022, putting up six and a half wins, 6.4 fangraphs WAR. His glove was always pretty solid, but he was otherworldly in 2022, 21 outs above average. And he made some adjustments at the plate, absolutely killed fastballs, and all of that led to a 116 WRC The Cubs clearly believe in his breakout, and he's always had the talent as a number one pick. Do you believe in the breakout?
1: Uh no, I do not. Um I'm gonna be very very frank with that. I the defense is incredibly encouraging. I mean the type of defensive season he had was was just was just incredible. I mean to have what 22 outs above average at short
0: 21 yes 21 and he had at second base
1: yeah that's that's he's he is definitely his glove is going to keep on sticking around at that level i think i mean that's for sure it's just i the bat has never been there in his I, career i don't
0: think he's a 115 bat I no really he's not
1: and you know what else as well you made a great point when you brought up how well he hit fastballs fastballs are if not the easiest pitch to work around when you have a hitter who's very strong on fastballs. I mean, I always like to bring up the the case of a Frank Schwindel from from a couple of years ago, fastball hitter pitchers figured out. He just hits the fastball, it's switched to all off speed and suddenly he can't hit. That's the problem with being a very strong fastball hitter. Dansby Swanson, no doubt is going to start getting a lot more breaking balls, a lot more sliders. Even as the
0: season was going on.
1: Yeah. And his offense probably took a dip from that. So I I don't, his bat is just not good enough to merit a seven-year type deal he got from Chicago. And I am really interested to see how that deal is going to play out. Because, I mean, it's nice to have a very strong defensive shortstop. I mean, Andrelton Simmons was a stalwart in the angels team back in the day. Simmons days was a were... top
0: 10 shortstop for years, just on his glove.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I don't know if Swanson can be Simmons like year to year. I mean, defense is very up and down. I always like to bring up the case of Nikki Lopez for that.
0: Cause Oh boy.
1: Nikki Lopez is one of those glove first players that if you get, if you hit it right with him, you're getting a five war season. If you don't, yes. you're getting nothing. Yes, he was no getting
0: down ballot MVP votes in twenty twenty one.
1: That's how good Lopez was with his defense, and then his 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 glove wasn't as good. Suddenly, he's obsolete. He's not he's, a good player. He's a
0: bench player. Yeah,
1: yeah. And my concern with Swanson is the bat. I it's it's not going to get better from here. It's right. not going to get better. He's only. I don't think he'll ever be
0: unplayably bad. No, Mm-mm. like his first career, he's about an av- a league average bat. But I just don't trust the above-average 2022 performance.
1: Yeah, I I see I see him going through lots of peaks and valleys in that deal. Is the only way I'm going to put it. He could have a four or five worse season one year, and the next I could see him having a one and a half. You know, yes, it's not too. crazy to say that. That's why I just cannot put him anywhere close to the top five, six, seven. I had him Yeah,
0: I didn't have him at all.
1: That's a good. It's a good thing to do.
0: Yeah. All right, let's I know you're going to be very excited here. At number 6, we have oh, Wander Franco. Of course. Probably the hardest player to rank in this list.
1: He's very hard to rank. Yeah.
0: Wander is only going to be 22 this upcoming season, and he was considered the perfect prospect, getting an 80 future value rating from Fangraphs, the only prospect ever to do that and being given an 80 grade hit tool. Was Vlad not
1: given an 80 future value?
0: No, he was a 75, I believe. Wow, okay. In limited playing time the last two years, Franco's been really good. 121 WRC plus and about five war in a combined 153 games, which is about a full season of playing time. Now, he was hurt for pretty much half the previous season. He played 83 games last year. And there are already concerns about if he can stick at shortstop. He always was considered more of a high floor than a high ceiling prospect. Wander's going to be around for a long time, and he's going to be on this list for a long time. But is he sticking on this part of the list, or is he going to figure it out, and put everything together, and rock it up to the top three?
1: He, It's it's really going to bank on this year, I think. I mean, last year we we saw him at the start of the year, and it was incredible i mean through the month of april he looked like if he looked like like the the best
0: player in baseball yeah
1: exactly i mean that's the version of wander that just that once you see that you can't be convinced that he doesn't have the potential to be a top three shortstop he's incredible when he is at his peak it's it's the thing is it's it's his long-term sustainability with his body and how he's going to be able to handle that because He's, compared to some of the other top shortstops, just, I wouldn't say f- more fragile. He's just, he's smaller, he's a smaller build, and he's not going to generate nearly as much power as other shortstops.
0: Yeah, he has and a much that's widthier what's gonna, swing.
1: Yeah, that's what's going to hold him back through, throughout his career. Now, I was I was pretty, I wasn't low on Franco before, but it was after I saw his Fangraphs projections where I really started to like where the he was trending i mean over the course of a full season he just he doesn't even need to hit 20 home runs to be elite i mean he could he has crazy gap power his yes. plate discipline he'll be able to easily locate pitches hit not to hit he's incredible his plate bat
0: to ball is incredible
1: bat to ball is incredible uh will he stick at shortstop With the Rays, I don't think so. Any other team, he would get that position. But with the Rays, they like to maximize value at their defensive spots more than a lot of others. So I think Walls will end up getting a lot of shortstop time. And you'll see Franco start moving to third and second a lot, uh, which might not give him that shortstop eligibility for future lists. But Franco is on the verge of a tremendous breakout. And... Just give him 130 games this year and he will be probably top three at the end of the year, shortstop.
0: I really hope you're right. Franco is one of the most fun players to watch in baseball. He He has that quick swing. Just love seeing it. He's, uh, I love Wander. I really want him to pan out. So do I. And It's like
1: when you watch him on both sides of the plate, it's just fascinating how he approaches pitchers. I mean, when he's hitting righty, he has a much more power power centric approach and he he definitely focuses on barreling and and getting his bat on the ball and when he's on his lefty side it's like the just the craziest bat to ball skills you've seen i mean he's he's able to get to a ball like above his head and foul it off i mean that's the thing i love about him he has an approach at both sides of the plate and he he's just one of he's just if not one of the most polished hitters i've seen for his age
0: yeah and he is He's younger than me, at least. I don't know if he's younger than you. Which not, is, not yet. No. Which is another <laughs> not, not there yet with some of the shortstops. Yeah. Uh, well, now I feel old.
1: No, no, no. I'm. <laughs> I was. No, I thought I was looking at Jackson Holiday the other day, and I was oh, thinking, man. "Wow, I'm starting uh, to be as old as some of these prospects." I used to, you know.
0: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right, let's yeah. go to the top half of the list where it's it's all superstars from this point forward. Oh, yeah. Number five, now of the San Diego Padres, we have Xander Bogarts. The bat has never been a question for Bogarts. Across his last five seasons, he has about 2,700 plate appearances. And in that span, a 134 WRC. He hits. He's always hit. And he's going to keep hitting. The defense always was a question. But at age 29, a pretty advanced age for defense, in 2022, he kind of figured it out. His metrics were all on the plus side, for the first time in his career, actually. Bogarts can hit, and apparently now he can field. Do we trust that he's going to put together another six-ish win season?
1: I fully trust that he's going to put together another six-win season. And you know, I've done I've done a big 180 on Bogarts over the course of just of of always covering him you know when he's i'm a i'm a big Rays fan so he was always kind of crushing the Rays, and i kind of i always had a little bit of a bias just because i i you know he was one of those players who really annoyed me and i always thought he was overrated just because of how bad that defense was back in the years when it was that bad i mean it was really hindering him to the point where he was he was having trouble even like crack he was cracking the top 10 but his
0: glove but he was like eight
1: yeah, his glove was just horrible. And he was like
0: eighth as a top 2 bat.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's that's crazy at the shortstop position. Wow. I I really like the strides he made though defensively this year. And I think it's I think it's real and I think you can believe in it because you don't see a lot of players when they reach the age he does to start improving on offense that much. You know, sorry, defense that much. Players who who they get older, they don't get better at defense. They get worse. And the fact that Bogarts was able to to improve his game so much to the point where he's improving defense at the age where you would start thinking would go downhill. He's a brilliantly smart player to the point where I think that he's he's figured this out with his glove and the bat is going to stay and now he's on a star-studded team again. I mean, he was in a star-studded lineup with Boston before and now he's in an even better one in San Diego. So, he has the support he needs. He has all the lineup support and I I really like Bogart's coming into next year. I I might have even gone higher on
0: him, but I yeah. I think he's incredible. I I don't know what to make of his defense. It I think there were, I think I read an article where he just prepared better and had a different routine before the pitch. Uh, I know it's above average. You can kind of split into like getting to the ball and making the play once you get to the ball. And I do know that he improved drastically at just getting to the ball, showing that his range is much better. Yeah, the biggest
1: know... problem before was his range. It was horrible.
0: Yeah. I don't know if that's due to his preparation or maybe a different place he's standing pre-pitch, but I, if he keeps putting up defensive numbers, he if could he be challenging for that, number I one mean, soon.
1: Yeah, keep doing the defensive routine, dude. That's all I'm saying.
0: Yeah, he could be a number one candidate next he year. Could, he could, definitely. has another good defensive season. He's
1: then. an MVP candidate. People aren't even talking about it for next year. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's what happens when you play in San Diego next to Machado, Tatis, and Soto, but... <laughs> He definitely is, out of those four, just as much as an MVP candidate as the rest.
0: Oh, absolutely. And another kind of sneaky MVP candidate. I've seen a lot of breakdowns about how this guy is going to benefit from the shift ban. Number four, Corey Seager. Seager actually had a down year in 2022. uh, In large part, a terrible BABIP. 242, way below his 317 career. And yes, the shift ban should help that. He was still, however, quite good, 117 WRC+. plus. That's 17% above average, of course, which is good for a shortstop, though not what we're used to from Seager, and four-and-a-half fangraphs wore. He was always kind of considered an iffy defender and kind of a fringy shortstop, but he was above average in 2022, and the other risk with him injury was – not really that much of a risk in at least last year he played 151 games he's always been a stat cast darling he barrels the ball up he hits it really hard especially for a lefty infielder seeker has been number one before do we think he might be number one again at some point
1: he could easily be he could easily be i watched that same foolish baseball video about about how much he was going to yes. get helped by that by that new shift ban and i i I, I came away from it and I was like, yeah, he really could be like next year's it's, it's silly to say breakout because Corey Seager has been one of the best. Yeah. He's, he's Corey Seager. He has a he's Corey Seager. Season. I mean, yeah, 2020 world series MVP and Dodgers legend. One of the best shortstops of the past five, six years. But, I feel like in Texas, he's gone a bit more under the radar lately. You know, a lot of people have stopped paying as much attention to him. That's what happens when you stop playing in Hollywood, you know, in L.A. The yeah, you go from Hollywood to the on big Home you. Depot. Yeah, exactly. And that stadium he plays in does him no favors. But I think the power is its still so there with him. I mean, he barrels the ball up better than almost any shortstop. And that's what I love about him. Any player who can just barrel a ball consistently is going to find success one way or another and his improved defense. That's only, that's only more reason to like him in my opinion. So with that new shift ban, being in the middle of that Rangers lineup, and it's just going to be an improved team overall in Texas. I think this is going to be the year where you're going to see Corey Seeger starting to get a lot of national attention.
0: Yeah. I think we're in for a monster Seager offensive season. Mm-hmm. I, I, he could put up a 150 next year, and it wouldn't surprise me.
1: I mean, the Texas Rangers are just going to be so fun to watch. I'm really excited yeah. to see what they do.
0: Their rotation is either going to be the best in baseball or the 28th best in baseball.
1: Yeah. No, it could easily fall off a cliff, that rotation. It's yeah. it's built on a lot of veterans and faulty kind of, you know, inning eaters. But
0: yeah, I'm excited. I, I really like Seeker as a player. He's, like I said earlier, he's a stat cast darling. And he's really the only infielder I can think of who is. He's fun to watch. He has such a pleasing swing. He's it's a beautiful swing. <laughs> I don't really trust the defense. He's done this before where he's been above average for a year and then slipped back. But hey, if he's just average, that's fine. He doesn't need to be above average as long as he's not bad. And it helps that he has an excellent defender next to him in Marcus Semien. And Josh Young should be a pretty good defender next to him on the other side. So yeah, it should be a very good season for Seager. In I do wonder when
1: he's gonna make the move over to third, because it has to be sooner than later with his yeah, age and how he's trending. Two,
0: three years. Yeah, or another big injury.
1: I I mean I don't know if it's if it's just me. I see him being a more valuable third baseman than shortstop, but that's just my. Opinion. I don't know
0: if he has he'd have a fringy arm. Mm-hmm, He does. Let's go that, that middle
1: infield with Simeon and seeger.
0: Wow! Oh, that's fun. That's really that's fun.
1: that's going to produce that's that could produce ten WAR and, and oh easily
0: more. It, it produced almost nine last year. Yeah, And they both had down years. Yeah. Okay, let's move up to someone we've we said we would talk about him. Number three, Carlos Correa of the oh. hey what what team does he play for now?
1: am Minnesota. <laughs>
0: Yeah, everyone knows, everyone knows about Correa at this point. The bat has been great. It will be great. The glove used to be remarkable. It was terrible in 2022. The health concerns scared off the Giants. Uh, that's not that big of a deal. They were kind of gun-shy to get a superstar anyway. Then it scared off the Mets and Steve Cohen. So they should probably scare us too. How, how did you deal with ranking Correa? Because I had a really tough
1: time with it i had a super tough time with it and you know what i am very glad that you brought up the two cases of his medicals and how the teams looked at them with the giants upon first upon first seeing that they didn't want him and the medical history was kind of faulty i thought that was a team that is kind of shy to get a superstar and they're they've never really been that team to go out and sign a player to that so if they're gonna opt out on correa so be it
0: but when yeah they they missed out on judge
1: yeah exactly Um, replaced him with conforto that's an interesting way to do it but yeah yeah but uh when you do when steve cohen who just wants every single weapon imaginable for his team and will do whatever it takes when he and his organization are scared off by a player like Correa and his medical history then it started kind of worrying me cuz you mentioned it with the defense. It started going downhill this year. His health is now going to be a major worry. I mean, a guy who can't land a job on two teams as one of the top 5 shortstops because of his because of his injuries. I don't know if that's if that's really feasible to say, "Oh yeah, I can just count on him to play a full season." I don't ca- I don't think he will play a full season next year. He didn't last year. And there's it's it's all it's not going in the right direction with Correa. The glove isn't, the bat's still great, the injuries aren't they're going in the wrong direction and when you have a player like that who's just going more downhill than up, I really tend to err on the side of caution and I don't think he'll be as good.
0: Yeah, let's let's be clear with Correa here. He is the best hitter in this group.
1: Best hitter by far. I
0: agree. Yeah. He last year was a down year, and he still had a 140 WRC plus. He's
1: an insane hitter. He He is is. the
0: best hitter in this group. And his arm
1: should also really help
0: him at short his arm is ungodly. Mm -hmm. And before the injury news came out, well, before he failed the second physical, I was doing my initial list and I kind of had him one B. I couldn't tell if I wanted him one or two. And the injuries. I don't So here's the thing with Correa's injuries. He it's going to happen at some point that he has a big injury. It's going to. Is it going to be next year? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think it'll be next year, but maybe. So that does knock him down.
1: It, it has to knock him him down for me. I mean, if I don't know if a player is going to be out for an entire season one year, but there's a good chance they could be, that's I just don't like investing into a player like that. But you know, twins, they they were the they were the ones that kind of got lucky out of all this. And I yes. say I say good for them. You know what? That's that's a prime shortstop that you're getting. I mean, I'm just a bit more down than others, but as you put it, he could easily be a type of one A, one B type player.
0: Yeah. His bat, if is you, that. that you told me and you somehow were able to guarantee to me that Correa would play 150 games healthy next year. I would have him I'm, number one on this. Stuff. I'm
1: picking him one. Exactly. I agree. Yes.
0: Even with all these other stars that we talked about and the two that we have yet to come, like he's number one. If you can guarantee his health. Yeah. I He's, I he's that agree. talented. Yeah. Let's go to one of those stars. Number oh, yeah. two, we knocked him down a lot last year. He's back. He's fully back. Francisco Lindor. Of the Mets. Lindor was, he wasn't bad in 2021. He was mediocre. The bat was about league average, but he still had excellent defense. However, the Mets fans decided they hated him. They don't hate him anymore. All Lindor did in 2022 was play like an MVP. He played a full 161 games, and in that span, he hit 26 home runs, stole 16 bases put up a 127 WRC plus and played great defense. The past two years, he has 34 outs above average. Add that all up, you get a seven win player. And that's what Lindor was last year. He was sixth among all position players in MLB in war last year with 6.8. And he was first among all middle infielders. He's back. He's a star again. I, what do you even have to say about Lindor at this point?
1: I, 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 have been a Lindor, like super fan for the longest time when he was in Cleveland. I was, and when he had his down year last year, I was one of those people who was so adamant about saying he is an MVP. I mean, the Mets did not give him MVP dollars just so he could smile on a billboard and bring some fans in. That's not what he's there for. You know, he's a very charismatic yeah he's a charismatic flashy player who who brings fans in but he is just the quintessential all-around shortstop in my opinion he is the most complete package shortstop you're gonna get out of all the guys his defense is spectacular his bat is good enough to the point where he's hitting 20 percent better than most hitters and i mean what more could you ask out of a shortstop he gives you everything and that's what I just love about Lindor. He stays healthy for the most part. He's on the field making great plays at short. And the bat is always just going to be at a consistently above average level to where he's going to be a seven war shortstop again next year.
0: Yeah, I he's a great player. He's probably a Hall of Famer, like not if you're tired now, but he's on a path where he's probably going to be a Hall of Famer. He's going to play forever. He hits. He fields better than almost everyone. He's going to hit again. The base running is a plus. And like you said, he's a really charismatic, fun guy. He and is. You, you he's he's what, great like, for baseball. That's what you know, I love like, Give him a little that. bit of a rebate for that. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: It's, it's, it's. And you know, one of the most interesting topics of discussion brought about by Lindor is that that trade from Cleveland, because now you have Andres Jimenez, Andres Jimenez who looks Jimenez. like amazing. the next kind of MVP player in Cleveland, and then you got the other MVP, and they, yep. they swapped MVPs, and I I think Lindor is just he's he was worth that price of Andres Jimenez in my he opinion. He was
0: that was a good trade for both teams at yeah this point. yeah yeah. It's so. For those of you actually paying attention, there's only one guy left to talk about here. Number one, Trey Turner, now of the Phillies, who got 19 of 27 first place votes from our writers and staff, which actually wasn't, there wasn't really a consensus here. We gave number one votes to all of Turner, Lindorian, Correa, Mm -hmm. but the past two seasons combined, which is 2021 and 2022, only Aaron Judge has more war than Turner. Turner's a complete star. He has elite volume, fifth most played appearances the past three years. He's an excellent hitter. Again, past three years, he's slashed 316, 364, 514 with 61 home runs and a 139 WRC+. He, of course, has 80 grade speed. Again, the past three years, he's second in stolen bases and sixth in total base running value. And he's about an average defender at short. He's a lock for an excellent seal an excellent season every year. You can just pencil him in for four and a half to seven wins each year. He has the highest floor on this list and maybe the highest ceiling too. Is there a really did we make the right call here?
1: Oh, I I think yes. Absolutely. Trey Turner is just he's a he's a model of consistency, honestly. And I mean in a game where you have so many years that are just up and down to have a player like that, I'm, he's going to be, he's going to be such a big part of the Philadelphia's offense next year. And one of the things for me with Trey Turner that I really didn't use, I, I was always kind of suspect about and on the fence was his power. I didn't know if he had enough gap power and enough home run power to truly be an impactful hitter, but with the way that he, he's been playing after his trade to LA and he just he's one of he is the top shortstop in the game he has he gives you everything and he gives you he gives you one more than Lindor does too because of that speed that's the extra factor that Trey Turner has above everybody else he gives you the complete package of a shortstop and then he'll say oh on top of that i can probably you know steal 50 bags a year and be the most valuable base runner it's it's insane that's yeah. that's what's just everything to love about him.
0: Even in this loaded position, after Correa's injury, I think this was an easy call. Mm-hmm. I I didn't struggle with this. Turner is probably a top ten player overall in baseball at this point. I we've un, all collectively underrated him for years. We have, and yeah. it's it's time we give him his due. Trey Turner is an elite elite player, one of the very best players in baseball, and. I think pretty easily the best shortstop right now.
1: Now how long he'll stick around in the top 3 That's I've heard a, a question. lot of people say yeah the speed is going to go away cuz the speed will go away it the always goes will. away yeah and he I I think is still going to provide immense value. I mean, just might be a tick of war less. So I think the whole argument that he's going to suddenly fall off a cliff in his time in Philadelphia. Yeah, I don't
0: I don't think that's going to. I don't
1: happen. buy that. I don't buy that. Maybe when he reaches his age 38 season like every yes. other old guy does. But we you got to you got to look at Trey Turner and realize that he's more than just a, a speed threat and that's where he gets his value from because he is valuable everywhere else i mean he's like i said he's he's like lindor the complete package and then you add stuff on top of that to make it even better he's gonna give the phillies a seven eight war season maybe
0: yeah and he's gonna look really cool while doing it
1: yeah he always does it's <laughs> what he's good at smooth right. slides
0: so we got through the list you ready to show our own lists
1: yeah, yes, I'm ready. All right,
0: let's do it. So I'm going to put them on screen here. And for those of you who are just listening, not watching, let me read it off for you. For the collective Diamond Digest list, to recap, we went number one, Trey Turner. Number two, Francisco Lindor. Three, Carlos Correa. Four, Corey Seager. Five, Xander Bogarts. Six, Wander Franco. Seven, Dansby Swanson. Eight, Willie Adamas. Nine, Beau Bichette. And ten, Jeremy Pena on my personal list i was in lockstep with our collective for the top three turner lindor correa then i put bogarts at four and seager at five flipping those i'm pretty high on Bichette, putting him at six franco of course at seven willie adonis at eight i found room for tommy edmund at nine and then jeremy pena at ten you want to read your list off for those who are just listening
1: i would love to uh i got trey turner number one lindor at second uh Seeger at third i'm projecting him a lot higher than a lot of other people i think maybe i don't know but i i see him having a monstrous year next year bogarts at fourth uh wander at fifth willie adamas at six jeremy payne at seventh bachette at eighth correa all the way down at nine and dansby swanson at ten uh something about my list i will say is i'm someone who likes to value defense a lot more than hitting because i think shortstop is such an important position for your defense and to get value out of that for your team and the way that guys like willie willie adamas and jeremy pena do that for their team more than maybe a Bo bichette and carlos correa will is why i ultimately ended up ranking them above those two bat first players
0: okay and was the correa where would you have Correa without the injury concerns? If there was still the concern about the glove, but no failed physicals, with without concern of any
1: failed physical, I'm having him at third because okay. I think he is just one step behind Lindor if he is fully healthy for an entire season. But okay. I I just I I really don't have enough trust in that.
0: And how did you decide? See, I thought there was a pretty obvious like top eight, nine here and then 10, like I played around with Tim Anderson with O'Neill Cruz. I finally landed on Jeremy Pena. How did you decide to go with Swanson at the bottom over some of the other guys?
1: Swanson, uh, because I see I see a clear floor for him where he is just gonna be good enough. Tim Anderson. I don't see that i don't know if the power is completely gone with ta so i don't have enough faith to put him at top 10 yet with o'neill cruz i mean he's he can either break out or he can just his 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 bat has the the potential to be incredible or just I don't know. He doesn't look like he's really figured it out completely yet. That's why I don't really have enough faith in O'Neal Cruz. And for Tommy Edmond, it was more positional value for me. I would definitely have him on a top 10 if we're considering him here for just like overall value, but I think he's a better works as a utility man. Dansby, I just think is the safest out of that crop of guys who are fringe. I think he's going to give you a safe season at short. He's going to give you good defense and if he gives you league average production, he'll be around three warf three four war that's okay. that's all you can ask for out of a shortstop.
0: Yeah, I have no problem with that logic i just I don't trust Dansby at all and i I do trust I understand, that. I understand I do trust I Edmund trust to be a little above league average mm-hmm. and i I just like Edmund a lot. I think he's a very ignored player.
1: Edmund is way undervalued for how incredible he is.
0: Yeah. So, one more question for you here: Are you happy with our collective list?
1: With the with the Diamond Digest collective list, right? Yes. Um.
0: Any any grievances you want to air to the staff?
1: Well, with Swanson at seven, I've I've got a I've got to air that because I mean to rank him above Beau Bichette and those two yes. love first <laughs> like. Prime type shortstops. I think that's a that's a bit ridiculous. I mean, we've only really seen one year of the full Dansby Swanson breakout, and it's 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 too high for me. Um, besides that, I really don't have many many issues with it. I mean, Jeremy Pena, I think, might be a tiny bit too low. I, I people are really not giving him enough credit for. I think I think they took. I think they saw his postseason. And then saw, oh, people are gonna give him too much credit for that, so I have to drag that <laughs> down a bit, you know? And I think that's not fair. I think we need to give him credit for postseason because he's got he's a player where I believe he has that dog in him. I really do. <laughs> he's a player where I can truly say he stepped up and had that dog in him. And to have a player like that for the next six years in Houston starting at shortstop giving you sterling defense, that's that's so invaluable. And that's why I just have him a, a touch a touch higher than I would Dansby and yeah. a lot of other guys.
0: That was my grievance too, was mm-hmm. I, I don't like Dansby at all. I said already, and seven seems really high for him. And especially with Bichette, as low as he is, I'm okay with Bichette being that low. Clearly I was higher. I had Bichette six, but I thought uh, six through eight was pretty interchangeable in my mind of Bichette, Franco, and Adamus. Yeah. Swanson, I... I just don't understand putting above anyone in that tier at this point. If Swanson does it again next year and it has a 110 WRC plus, then definitely. I just, I don't think the bat is going to play.
1: And you know, uh, and a very interesting player on this top 10 I've thought throughout the whole thing is Wander Franco because you could, I, I, I would agree with you if you put him third and I would agree with you if you put him off this list. I think there's such a range with how people look at Wander right now to where they see his projections and what he does in his little short time that he does play. And they say, wow, that's like incredible elite level. And then you look at how he has trouble staying on the field, consistent hamstring injuries that aren't too encouraging for a future outlook of a player, and how he has little pop. And, you know, people judge players off of if they can hit the ball hard and consistently and well. And Wander, he's not that hard of a hitter. He's more of a gap power hitter. So, if you if you think Franco's not a top 10 shortstop, that's fair. He hasn't put together a full good season to really prove that at all. But if you think he has the potential to be top three at the point where he is, I think that's fair too, because he has shown every inclination with his bat and underlying metrics to where he can be that guy.
0: Yeah. He, I struggled with him. I, at points had him in the top five and at points had him below Edmund. It, he was really hard. Yeah. I really want him to be top three though. Oh, next year's the year i mean I, he was projected really top so.
1: 10 war for fan and their projected war system so i mean the projections love him i like him so i'm ready to see where he goes
0: good all right that's gonna do it for today's episode uh again this was presented by diamond digest it was the top 10 shortstops entering the 2023 season if you're interested in other things by our staff the crawler on screen is showing you our website is diamonddigest.com. Our Twitter is at diamond_digest, and our Instagram is diamond.digest. That'll do it for today. Any last thing you want to go out with, Sam? Uh, honestly,
1: Wander Franco 2023 MVP campaign. I'm ready for it, and uh. Yeah. Have a good day, everybody who's watching. Thanks for tuning in.
0: Yeah. Thank you for tuning in and hope we see you next time or you hear us next time. And remember, everybody, go baseball.